This podcast is brought to you by JAM, Junction Arts and Media, building community in the Upper Valley through media. Welcome to Shelf Help, a podcast where booksellers help you answer one of life's trickier, and we argue most important questions. What to read next? I'm Lisa, co-founder of The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help you find your next great book. And with me today, I have three booksellers from the Upper Valley in New Hampshire and Vermont. I'm Jack. I work at Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. I'm Emma. I work at the Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont. And I'm Carrie, one of the co-owners of the Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont. If you're a recurring listener, you know our episodes answer questions from listeners. So please send us your reading dilemma to shelfhelpuv at gmail.com or use your preferred social media method to reach any of these three amazing independent bookstores. We do our best, we promise we do our best, to answer all questions we receive in upcoming episodes. And with that, let's jump to the recommendations in our book talk. For this episode, each bookseller has been asked to discuss one book, we sometimes slip in two or three, that they recommend that answers today's question. And today's question comes to us from Instagram, from Anya. And Anya asks, She's looking for historical fiction with an engaging story and characters. And she adds that she, I'm assuming Anya is a she, Anya has enjoyed Kristen Hanna. Who's feeling historically fictionalized or ready with some engaging characters or just finished Kristen Hanna's latest book and has something else in mind? Who wants to jump in? You're looking at me, but I don't really read historical fiction. (laughs) I've got two I can talk about. One of them is more historical than the other, but that's okay. Hi, Anya. I know you. So glad you asked. You could argue Mm -hmm. that history was yesterday. That's true. true. That's true. Technically, both of these books do take place in the past. So at least we've got that going for us. Um, I get so many questions about World War II historical fiction. So I like to, when people ask me for historical fiction, I like to recommend things from other decades. Other wars, at least. Other wars, other decades, other times. Because there's lots of interesting things that happened all throughout history. So the first one I wanted to talk about was Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. I just finished listening to that. Good choice. I wish I had listened to the audiobook, but I did enjoy reading it as well. I may listen to it again when I need a good listen. But this one is set in the 1960s, the story of Elizabeth Zott, who is a professional scientist. She is a chemist. But in the 1960s, you couldn't be a lady chemist because everybody thought that as a lady, you couldn't do science. So Elizabeth is forging her way. And as things happen, she does end up meeting someone who works as a is also a brilliant chemist in the lab where she is. And they, against all odds, because they're both very awkward people, fall in love and get married. And of course, then she gets to be a chemist because her husband says it's okay. If you're feeling angry right now, you should be, because Elizabeth is also angry about this, and she really wants to be taken on on her own merit. Things happen, and and she ends up losing that job. Really wants to find her way back into chemistry, and the way that she figures out how to do it is by hosting a cooking show, Mm. because hosting a cooking show is something that they would let a woman do. And so she kind of like forges this amazing path where she becomes wildly popular because she talks to women like actual intelligent human beings and she's teaching them all kinds of things on this cooking show. And it's just really lovely to to watch this woman kind of take 
take what she's able to take and then turn it into something completely unexpected and, and wonderful. And it's funny. There's an amazing dog character. It'll make you a little bit angry, but it'll also be good in the end. So that's lessening lessons in chemistry. And that's not a book about World War II. And then my, my second one is even more contemporary than, than that. But because you mentioned Kristen Hanna and she does write about lots of different time periods, I wanted to bring up Sharks in the Time of Saviors by Kawhi Strong Washburn. I think this is set in the 90s, partially. And it goes back and forth. It's this family from Hawaii, three kids. Right in the beginning of the book, they, the, one of the children is involved in an accident, and there's a bit of a miracle that happens, and he, he survives. And involving uh, sharks, involving <laughs> sharks, exactly. And, and saviors, yeah. <laughs> sharks who are saviors. He becomes the savior. <laughs> so there's a lot of talk about Hawaiian culture in this book. And one of the things that I really liked was a after reading the book, I read a bunch of interviews with this author. He's he's a debut author, and it would be really easy to categorize this book as magical realism mm. because. People think that this child has become the reincarnation of a god. So in living in, in Hawaiian culture, you know, he gets treated differently. The family gets treated differently. And then the kids grow up and they all kind of go their own way. And you see the effects of, you know, those belief systems when, when you're taken out of that environment. And so the kid who grew up with everyone thinking that, you know, he could literally walk on water and was a god reincarnate ends up moving to Seattle where no one understands any of that and just kind of he's he's happy to be away from it in some ways but it also just you know it's a lot of pressure to have on your shoulders it's about the the toll on this family and it's just genuinely really good storytelling and and family ties and all of that which i think if you like Kristen Hanna you would probably really like this too and it's and it's different. It's I don't feel like there are that many books about Hawaiian culture. Yeah, and yeah. I was trying a to think. A contemporary lot of Hawaiian setting. mythology too, which yeah. is really interesting. In yeah. That book. As I was saying before, he he does not like to be put in the magical realism vein because that is a part of the culture. So it's to them that's just how it is. How it is. And I thought that was really interesting, and it made me think more about you know, what, what I consider magical realism as, as a thing. So that's why I put this in with historical fiction because in the past and maybe there's magic and maybe there isn't. And it's not Kristen Hanna, but it's Kristen Hanna like, so totally yeah, that works. Yeah. Thank you. Way to start us off. I'll go next. The book, the first book I'm going to recommend is certainly historical fiction, but at this point could maybe even be classified as a classic and it's Wide Sargasso Sea by Jean Rees, which is the, her 1966 post-colonial retelling of Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre. It's super slim. The prose is unbelievably beautiful. And the plot follows the protagonist's name. The, her name at the beginning of the novel is Antoinette. And she's living in Jamaica. She is an heiress to a sugar plantation. And it follows her as she's stripped from Jamaica to enter an arranged marriage with the, what's his name? Mr. Rock. Mr. You know. Oh. Mr. Roth. Mr. Rawford. The guy in Jane Eyre. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Wait, yeah, let's look it up. 
is in that. Oh, you haven't? Oh. Yeah, no. it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That's yeah, okay. I think it's fine that you haven't read Jane The Eyre. more I learn about Jane Eyre, the less I want to read. I Jane think it Eyre. would just make you angry. I've read White Across the Sea. It's so yeah. much better. Will you yeah. look that up so I can I'm sound better? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Who cares about what the white guy's name was? Exactly. Mr. Rawford? Rock- no, Rochester. Mr. Rochester. There Thank we you. Go. Okay, yeah. here we go. There we go. Um, okay, so say that sentence yes. over again. Yes. So the plot follows the protagonist whose name at the beginning of the novel is Antoinette. And she's living in Jamaica, living on, she's the heiress to this sugar plantation, and then follows her as she's stripped from her fortune um, to go live with, what's his name one more time? Mr. Rochester. Mr. Rochester, as we all know. I love the fact that you keep forgetting that. I know. I feel like that's an important... I'm all about Antoinette. That's an important aspect of this book. But it's really beautiful. It's set in... 1833 in Jamaica, and then follows her migration, quotes, migration to England, and tells the interior story of this woman who we all know as the, quote, mad woman in the attic. And when she gets there, he changes her name to Bertha from Antoinette, and then follows her sort of, or his unraveling and his his unethical dealings with her. And it's just, it's a really interesting opportunity for all for all of us to like think about why is the western canon so devoted the western academy so devoted to this story that's about this guy who locks his wife in his <laughs> attic yeah. after changing her name yeah and it's it's an important piece of post-colonial literature in that we've labeled her the mad woman in the attic which is famously like one of colonialism's most violent linguistic techniques, right? And calling these people mad. But it's beautiful, it's evocative, and it's far less boring than Jane Eyre. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And I loved our collective groan at the name Bertha, because the only Bertha I've ever known, I mean, it is, the only Bertha I've ever known was one of my favorite people ever. She was my kindergarten and first grade teacher, and I adored her. Yeah, I do feel bad about egging that name. I'm sorry for for groaning. Uh, but no, but I do think it's not. It's just it's cruel not, to change anyone's name. Yeah, to there again. Totally. Yeah, that's what the grown. That's what the grown. If she wanted to be Bertha, it'd be Amazing. completely different. Totally, but she has a beautiful Creole name. Yeah. Right, right, right. And she also gets locked in an attic. Yes. So the the Bertha part of her life is not Levels so great. Levels of problematic. <laughs> <laughs> And then also generally, this is, I don't have as much to say about this because they're h- kind of hard to talk about, but I would totally plug Elena Ferrante's Neapolitan mm-hmm. Quartet, which is a beautiful four, four really thick novels that follow a beautiful female friendship in starting in 1950s Naples. Okay, bring us home. So... I was contemplating this question and thinking about how I don't really read historical fiction. And then I realized that wasn't true. I love historical romance novels. But I'm I'm kind of guessing that's not quite what this person wanted. So what I'm going to recommend is a book called The Grand Sophie by Georgette Hare. So The Grand Sophie, or Georgette Hare, is sometimes called, like, the first romance novelist. She was writing in the 50s about kind of the early 1800s and after I had read as many historical romances that were written contemporarily, I decided that I wanted to dig into her. And I read The Grand Sophie on audio 
And I will say that after finishing it and loving it, I realized that I had read a second book by her afterwards and looked and that had also been abridged, which oh. made a lot of sense because the plot of that one had definitely been kind of holy. <laughs> and so once I learned that they had both been abridged, made a lot of sense. But The Grand Sophie is basically about a young woman who visits her family and is just kind of wild. She's sort of a cross between Pippi Longstockings and Holly Golightly. I have no idea why no one made a movie with Audrey Hepburn as Sophie. It would have been amazing. But it just, it had very Jane Austen vibes, kind of snarky and skewering of high society in the early 1800s. And I just thought it was hilarious. And it was both written in the past and is about the past. And my second pick, I chose multiple books for this recording session to make up for Sam not being here, is Dominicana by Angie Cruz. Which is set in the 1960s and is about a young woman who is basically forced into marriage. This is like a theme for this episode and moves to New York City. And she's extremely young and unhappy. And when I first started this book, it kind of frustrated me because she just she really lacked agency. And then there's this one scene where she has been feeding a pigeon that has been coming by the house and her husband like yells at her and tells her don't feed pigeons so she captures the pigeon kills the pigeon plucks it and feeds it to him and that was just so badass that i was like ah it's not that she lacked agency it was just like it had to kind of grow it was a wonderful novel and angie cruz is actually coming out with another book soon that i'm very excited about called how not to drown in a glass of water so i'm sure that will also be incredible a great title. Right, I was just about I to mean, say. <laughs> if not, it should be the title of the book. So to sum, the answer to the historical fiction question from Anya, we had recommendations from Carrie of... Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus and Sharks in the Time of Saviors by Kawhi Strong Washburn. Elena Ferrente's Neapolitan Quartet and Wide Sargasso Sea by Jean Rees. And I recommended The Grand Sophie by Georgette Hare and Dominicana by Angie Cruz. With a sneak preview of her new novel, How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water. And with that, we end this episode. Shelf Help is brought to you by The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help readers find their next great book, CATV Upper Valley Media Community, and these three fabulous Upper Valley bookstores, The Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont, The Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont, and Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. If you've got a reading dilemma, email us a question or voice memo at shelfhelpuv at gmail.com or contact any of these three fabulous stores using your preferred social media method. We are here to help your shelves. Thanks for being with us and see you next time on Shelf Help. Thank you for listening to this Jam podcast. If you have found this program interesting and would like to find more Upper Valley content or learn how to produce your own media, please visit us at uvjam.org. That's uvjam.org.